Welcome back to Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the best from the world of CrossFit. Podcasts, news, special interest, health, fitness. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Hit the notifier so you're the first to know when we have new episodes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Clydesdale Media Podcast. My name is Scott Switzer. I'm the Clydesdale. She is Kat Shear getting ready for Waterpalooza already with the shades on. And we have Dylan Malitsky, a CrossFit OG legend, MC, VP, all the stuff. Uh, and we're going to talk to him today. So, Dylan, what's going on? Not much. A, a beautiful, sunny day here in Miami, actually. So those shades would come in handy. <laughs> I love how you say ah. not much. Yeah, not I know, much. right? Isn't that what you're supposed to say? Even when, when, uh, when, Come when on. figurative crap is hitting the fan. You're what? T minus how many days? Uh, the, the number. So we start loading in in about five days. Um, but yeah, the event itself starts January 12th. So I guess we're 13, 14 days away from, from, uh, from day number one, Thursday at Waza. It's coming up here quick. My first wow. one. I can't wait. You've never been to Wadapalooza? Never. Scott, you have. Yes. D does she even CrossFit? <laughs> okay, I haven't been to Waz at least once. Uh, yeah, no, no. Sorry. Nope. I'm a virgin. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, let's start there. Um, actually, I have to admit, last year was my first. Um, and and I after being there, I was like, I'm never missing another one. <laughs> That's a great thing to hear. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's an unreal experience for someone that hasn't been there. It's very tough to put it into context, the magnitude, um, sort of the, the, the environment. I'm sure that you feel the, the, the same way, right? You have no idea what to expect. And it's hard. We try so hard in our media to portray what the experience beyond just the competition is like, what we call the Waza experience outside the ropes. Uh, but I'm sure you can probably explain it better than most, Scott, with your with your background of going to different events. What what was different for you about Wadapalooza last year than than what you've been at uh, what you've experienced at other types of CrossFit events? I describe it as the CrossFit family reunion. <laughs> That's a great way to see because it. you see everyone that because if I go to semifinals, I see this group of people, and then I go to this semifinal, I see this group of people. The games. You really don't see a whole lot because you're just running from place to place. Miami, it's laid back, grab a cup of coffee, stroll through Vendor Village, and you will see 75 people in one walkthrough that you know and want to catch up with. It's so funny. You're 100% you're right. I wish I could speak to the laid back part. That I was going to say, you're not, you're not, not like coffee. <laughs> cruising through Vendor Village. <laughs> But, I, but I'm going to live vicariously through you and, uh, and all the other people I speak to that have, that have said similar things. I agree. It's funny. We actually, the way that I've always compared it to the, the CrossFit Games, for example, the CrossFit Games is the Super Bowl. It's the world championship. Whereas I consider Wadapalooza more of like all-star weekend. Yeah, the Pro Bowl. Um, yeah, Pro Bowl. Like it's, it's, a, it's a whole festival environment. Um, you know, there's just so much to do beyond just watching the competition, but you also still have the best of the best competing in addition to everybody and their mothers, the 99% also getting to showcase their fitness that one time a year, many of which they actually put it on their calendars, their CrossFit games of the year for those average Joes, if you will. Yeah. And beyond that, even anybody who just wants to sign up for the gauntlet. Yeah. So you have the, like the real competition in all the divisions and then you have the, hey, let's just go see what happens when I sign up for this thing. Well, we it's see. It's amazing. Are you competing, Scott? Are you doing that? Are you or Kat doing the gauntlet this year? And if you're not, I want your commitment right now. I'll get you guys a spot. It's pretty <laughs> it's only an hour. It's only an hour. What is it? Uh, tell me more. Sure. I, I could be no, convinced. Well, Scott, are you What's in? I thought we almost just had a commitment from you before I went down the, the rabbit hole of, uh, of giving you guys the rundown. I need I more information. Prefer, I prefer to have your commitment before I give you, tell you a little more about what it is. So I, I am, I am, I am, I'll do it. I'm in, I will do it at a scaled, at a scaled version. Perfect. Well, there's three divisions. We have scaled intermediate and RX. So a few years ago, you know, we, first of all, let's go back to like Wadapalooza at its core is meant and was meant to be the most inclusive event out there. That was like at its main ethos year one. We wanted to showcase as many athletes, not just because we wanted to pack athletes in, but because we wanted to show them an elite level experience for not just the elite, but the average Joe. So 
Um, you know, as the events gotten bigger and bigger, it's become harder and harder to host as many people as we'd like. We, instead of growing and adding more and more athletes to uh, competing over the three days, we still wanted to make it inclusive. And so we came up with this concept for a, a style of competition that would still provide a cast a wider net and allow more people the experience of competing on a big stage like Wadapalooza. And so essentially we think it's very right, rightfully named the gauntlet because you go through the gauntlet. It is an hour long, three stations back to back to back with five different workouts. So definitely inspired by the Sherwood Monster Mash, if you guys have ever seen those. I used to love doing those, which is really where it came from. Um, but so, yeah, so on Thursday, all day, Flagler, before the elite get there in the evening, because uh, the, the elite individuals will compete on Thursday, as they have in years past. Uh, we're going to have, um, yeah, an hour-long gauntlet. So the workouts have all been, been released. They're on our social five back-to-back-to-back. And then the top 10 in each division, scaled, intermediate, RX, male and female, will qualify to compete again on Saturday. A whole new set of workouts on Flagler again. Um, but again, if you, if you're one of those people that isn't prepared to commit to the three days of Friday, Saturday, Sunday competition, not wanting to beat your body up or not, you know, can't be there the whole weekend. You're a local Miami person, or you want to enjoy what, what Miami has to offer rather than committing to being at Bayfront Park all weekend, or you're not at that level of, of competition and you just want to get a taste or you weren't able to qualify via the, the online challenger qualifier. The gauntlet is a chance for you to still get a, an opportunity to step out on Flagler, the main competition floor at Waterpalooza and test your luck and, and see where you're at from a fitness perspective. I love it. And they, and you have released some of the workout. All of them. Yeah. For the, for the, for the qualifiers. Yeah. They're all up. So the five are up. They, oh. The last one was posted yep. yesterday. So yeah. yeah. Um, count me in. Uh, well do i need to i need to document this so unless you're going to provide us with a cameraman i'm gonna i'm gonna have to be the documenter i'll I'll wear a gopro done i just took a note that i'm getting you guys a a code here so scott and cat in (laughs) check out the workouts let me know what you think but you're still committed so i'm excited that's great you guys will i think that'll be a really good experience for the both of you have fun it's a lot of fun justin medeiros is doing it uh alongside his, his manager and friend, Daniel Robbins. Um, we have like some of the, the U S uh, army warrior fitness team doing it among, among some others. There's a few other celebs that haven't like officially committed, but I'm sure they will be out there too. So you'll get to throw down alongside them. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So what we're doing on Tuesday or Thursday. Only an hour, only an hour of your day. So you got the rest free. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, we have the gauntlet. We, we were in the middle of Wadapalooza. Anything new this year from last year? Because this is your first time kind of running the ship. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I wouldn't consider myself running. I mean, we, you know, Matt O'Keefe, one of the my, my closest friends, like I've known him for years and years and years, and honestly a mentor, and he was running the sports division, which was is much more than just Wadapalooza. We were, you know, we, we incorporated his uh, athlete management business. That was part of Loud and Live. We were also doing marketing services for brands. Um, but as far as the events concerned, we have a really good team. I, I wouldn't say that I'm like stewarding or leading the ship necessarily. I'm, I'm part of the a, a leadership team here at Loud and Live that, that's that's producing it. Um, but the biggest changes, and some of them, I was very nervous to lead the charge on. One of them was the change of the elite competition format. So we understand that the CrossFit game season is very robust, and that's the you know what's been positioned in our sport as being the the test to find the fittest. That's like the, the primary season. And we understand that Wadapalooza is an off-season event, and so I think it's been a lot over the years, and we've seen this trend for athletes to commit to competing over four days. So historically, the elite competition has run for individuals and teams Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's a huge commitment. Um, and so the biggest change this year was actually modifying that format so that now individuals compete Thursday, Friday, and then now elite teams compete Saturday, Sunday. And in making that change, I was very concerned that for one, we weren't going to have the level of commitment across those two divisions. And then Saturday and Sunday wouldn't be as exciting because you wouldn't have the same caliber of athlete competing. But our hope was that it would do the opposite, that athletes would com- commit to both. So now they have double the earning opportunity. That was one the other hope was that, you know, you'd have some athletes that historically wouldn't compete at all. God bless you, Scott. Um, <laughs> that wouldn't compete at all. Thank you. Uh, you're, you're welcome. That actually ended up now signing up for individual or team. And now they can spend the rest of their weekend, either on the front end or the back end, hanging out. And so we've seen now, uh, I think arguably the best roster in Wadapalooza history 
And maybe that's just a, you know, not a, a direct correlate to the change in the way we've structured it, um, or, or just maybe just how much Wadapalooza has grown in popularity, the elite community, but it's going to be really exciting, not just for those folks, the elite folks, but also people that are either watching from home on the broadcast, uh, or coming to spectate. So th that's probably the biggest change of the competition. So you compared Wadapalooza to the Pro Bowl, right? Or the All-Star Game, All-Star yeah, Weekend. Yeah, All-Star Weekend, yeah. Either, either or. Yeah. So you have you have these three person teams that don't even exist in the regular season. And this year the Pro Bowl the football is changing. They're not playing a game anymore. It's going to be a skills competition. Mm, that's cool. I didn't know that. There there's a really cool correlate to that. I don't know if anybody could have envisioned the super teams that you're going to get <laughs> for this competition. You're right. I didn't think it. I didn't know that we'd get the type of commitment that we that we have. Um, it's funny, though. I will say over the last couple of years, and part of the reason why we modified the structure is that we have seen a trend from people going, when it was four days for both divisions, people deciding to go team versus individual. It goes back to it being an off-season event, them not wanting to put too much pressure on themselves or needing to be in tip-top shape because they can rely on their teammates. Um, and I will say the three-person teams – from what I've heard from other people is that I think other events are probably going to look to follow suit because it's incredible. The folks, I think it's easier to put together a team of three of the same gender than it is to put together a team of two and two. So a few years ago when we were a sanctional event, we did follow that format. And I do think we saw a drop off in the participation from a, an elite team perspective and even a community team perspective. Again, it's just harder to find four folks than, than you and two of your, your buddies of the same gender. So um, yeah, I mean, when you look at the roster, if you go to our, our social media, you know, Froning, who had just announced his retirements, I guess, again, maybe he doesn't look at this as anything too crazy. He's, he's going he's gonna to be out there, which I'm very excited about. Um, you know, you've got the, the, the reigning and defending team champs in, in Noah, Travis, and Chandler. Noah, the, the hometown kid, one of my dear, dear friends, and, uh, you know, he's coming to, to stake his claim at, the, at, the, at the, the top spot again with his squad. But then you have this Canadian team, um, you know, of, of the Brent and Pats of the world that are also going individual. So there's so many storylines within the storyline of it's going to be really fun to watch them go head to head, but what is going to be the impact of competing Thursday, Friday as individuals? Cause you'd put them on paper as the favorites potentially. Um, so that combined with a lot of the other female teams, like, yeah, it, it's a, it's a wild roster. It really is. Well, and what I'm super excited about is Carrie Pierce coming out of retirement to go on a super team and be back on the competition floor. And the first time in two years, and we announced yesterday she is committed to come to the podcast stage on our show Friday at five. Uh, so we'll be talking to Carrie. We're not sure if it's just Carrie or the full team, um, but one or the other, we have that commitment for Friday at five. That's fun. So super stoked about that. Yeah. That, that's A little really cross cross promotion. Yeah, no, man. I think that's going to be really cool. I'm glad you guys are participating in that. I think that's a, a, a cool addition. We've had it as separate in the past, but now, yeah, right in the in the prime real estate. The idea was to create an environment. A few years ago, we talked about like a college game day esque environment, where you know you go and you're just listening. You've got your your favorite personalities, and now there's a, a chance to have amplified sound out to the crowd, while also you have the correct equipment to be able to video and, and and capture audio for your own your own show. So that'll be really cool to have Carrie on there. I'm interested to hear how she feels about what kind of shape she's in to be able to compete. But again, I think the format of only two days now lends itself to someone like her being able to step into the ring and feel just fine. And, and maybe she's testing that out for a, a, a longer term comeback. I mean, mm. there's, an opening, there's an opening on the podium this year. You're right. I'm, I'm actually, I'm really curious. I think you guys will be able to find out better, better than I will when, when she's on your show for sure. We will bring yeah, it up. I, I have a, I have a feeling that she may be going team this year. That'd be cool. Do you, do you have any hunch about who you think she'd be, who she'd be partnering with, or maybe you guys have some, background info on that or you think uh you want to wait and see uh, no 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 background info officially nothing uh but i think in that underdog's vein there are some males who may want to go team instead of individual and uh i'm sure they have a ton of females so there's a lot to choose from yeah and there's also an opening in the podium for team <laughs> this year i think true, true and i'm sure you have, you have all talked extensively about tia um, you know, now, now having a, having a child, which really cool for her, the, the, the champ. 
Yeah, we're still we're still not sure, Dylan, that she's not going to just show up at the games anyway and, and dominate. I mean, <laughs> I heard good. that. I heard that from a bunch of people. That would be surprising. That would be super surprising. That'd be pretty wild to me. She's still going to beat a shit ton of people in the open if she decides to participate. So it's all good. It's true. Super true. And that, that, so that team uh, that, that has evolved from, from the HWPO crew with Mal, for example, I'm sure a lot of people are now anointing as the potential her or, or depending on what Annie does, if Annie goes individual, I think obviously those folks are in line to potentially take that spot. But that was another team that came out of the woodwork very, very late, the Mal, Cat uh, and Annie team, which I'm super excited to see as well. That's the one that I think is going to give Carrie's team a run for their money. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't, don't forget about Miss Laura Horvat, who has been a three-time podium finisher and has a super team of her own come into play. Laura, who, who is Laura's team again? I'm sorry. There's so, there's so many teams, so much going on. Uh, I know it's her and Gabby Magala. Oh, yeah. And uh, I can't remember who the third is, but it's not a slouch. That would be a tough one to beat. Yeah, you can't count out Laura. Laura's another one that's in in, in, uh, in position to potentially take the podium spot. Yeah, she's uh, – I'm talking about it at the games, obviously. Yeah, you definitely cannot count count her out. Yeah, that is a, that is a really solid, solid squad. I think is it Emma McQuaid? It is. Wait, oh, that's – Dude, that's a that's going to be a really tough team to beat. That, I mean, <laughs> that's legit. That's that's super legit. And the two greatest team athletes ever, Taylor Williamson and uh, Andrea okay. Nissler, teaming up with Sydney Michalishan. That is so true, and they, they don't get enough credit, right? Being on the team, you sort of right. like they, they go, they fall by, they just disappear. People don't think of them as household names. You just think of the Mayhem team, right? When you think of those two. But I think that's another team that could very well win. You're right, because of their experience with team, comparatively speaking to the others. I am so stoked for that competition. I got to tell you, Dylan, I I am more excited about that than the individual, and I'm so glad it's the weekend feature. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of them rough on Saturday, which is cool. So we'll have a lot of time to watch. Yeah. You know, it is interesting, though. It's uh, that was another thing that when we made it, we decided on this format of individuals and then teams, the question was like, no, do we do teams and individuals? Um, then will people be too beat up for the individual competition at the end? Cause people are most excited. It just seems historically about individuals, but when you look at the reception from the athletes, it seems like they're more excited about te- like people are more leaning towards team in the off season. So I do think it was the right, the right pick for sure. But I want to pose the question back to you guys. What Scott, you having been there last year, if you had to pinpoint one thing that you're most excited about, about coming back to Miami, and by the way, it doesn't have to just be about Wadapalooza. It can be something you experience offsite or just the culture, the weather. If you had to pick like one singular thing that you're most excited about, what would you say? I'll answer that in a second, but correction, Jamie Simmons. It's mm. not Emma. Oh, you're right. Okay. Emma is with Jacqueline Dahlstrom and Solisigur's daughter. <laughs> True. So I know that's not easy to say. Segura daughter. So, uh, there you go. So really, it, it's kind of what I already addressed. It is I get to see all my friends and hang out in warm weather for four days. Hopefully, warm weather, Scott, because it's been it was cold the last couple. Of, now it's hot and sunny. But Dylan, spell. Sorry, Dylan. 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 We had negative seven on Christmas Day, with a wind chill of negative thirty-five. If it's in the 40s, I'm in a speedo. <laughs> you heard it here first. While doing the gauntlet, while doing the gauntlet. let's go. <laughs> while doing the gauntlet, that, uh, me and Sam Dancer side by side. Yes, um, that, it's funny because I think that weather translated to us to be about like in, in the 50s or 60s here because I it was just a nationwide sweep. But yeah, it's starting to heat up now, and uh, yeah, much much better. So I'm glad, man. That's cool. And Kat, I know you haven't been there. I know you're probably just excited to experience the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but is there anything in particular that you have heard or that either Scott's told you or anybody else about Wadapalooza that you're most excited about? I don't mean to put you on the I, spot there. No, I just think I'm excited about the the overall energy of, of the place. You know, it's um, I, I have a hard time picturing how it's all laid out because I've never been there, but I know there's all these different stages and, you know, there's this sort of festival feel and, you know, I've been to the games a bunch of times and seen that, but to me, this I'm, I'm picturing this to be a little bit different, um, and I'm just really excited to to experience the vibe and and not have to be working it to to experience it because you know I've worked a lot of places and I and I know you guys get really stressed out and you know rightfully so you do a fantastic job but there's a lot of moving parts and so I'm just thankful I get to go and observe um, for my first time. 
give high fives to all your all behind the scenes friends. Right. Exactly. Just be like, Hey, <laughs> do you need anything? So the highlight last year for me was getting up early in the morning, going over to the, the park, grabbing a cup of coffee. This year it'll be paper street and going to Bayfront. And I didn't even care what the event was just sitting in the stands, looking over the Bay, watching people fitnessing and having a good cup of coffee. Mm. That sounds like if I had a choice of how I would want to spend it, if I was on your side of things, that's that would be me. Uh, nothing like a good cup of coffee and being able to chill on Bayside. Yeah, that's a. I, at the, the end of last year, what I try to do every year is on the last day, once everything once everything ends and uh, some of the production start to break down LEDs and stuff. Typically, Bayside's one of them that they touch last because it's kind of tucked away. The one that's on the water cat, which you'll see soon. Mm-hmm. I just sit up in the bleachers and just overlook the water and just think about what I thought went well. I really try to use it as a, as a, as a time to be excited and happy about what we've accomplished as a, as a, as a team. Um, but then I'm also already thinking about ways to improve for next year. At least that's been, been my, my go-to sitting there getting some, some quiet because you don't have quiet for those really two weeks starting early next week when we start loading in officially. Um, but yeah, so I get a little semblance of that by sitting on base side, but I don't get to experience it the way that you guys get to. Yeah, let me ask you this: Are there going to be um, ropes at Bayside? There will. There is going to be a workout with ropes on Bayside. It's one of the most iconic shots. If you see, there's always a shot from like the back of Bayside facing the crowd at night. Um, yeah, so you can definitely expect that. So I, that's something on my bucket list: is I would love to get have Scott take a picture of me at some point during the weekend. It clearly not during the competition, but climbing a rope on Bayside. That that's my wish. I think we can make that happen. Okay. No problem, Kat. You can hold me to that. Thank you. If you do the gong, it's a done yeah. deal. Okay. Sounds good. That's that's an even trade. There we go. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, cool. I love it. Um, can we talk a little bit about the programming? Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. What? Who's who's the brains behind that operation and how does that all get coordinated? Yeah, so we've we've tried different things over the years, Kat. We've uh, you know, we've worked with the programming collective on on mm-hmm. a variety of ways in past years. We've done it ourselves. Like I've taken the the, the reins on it in the past. Uh, this year, we're going back to our roots, and uh, you, you'll probably notice in our first workout release video, uh, Guido was was uh, essentially doing the announcement. So he is doing the individual and teams program this year for for Wadapalooza. Um, okay. So yeah, you know, Guido was the the original founder. Again, another person I, I I consider just as highly as 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 Matt O'Keefe as a friend and mentor. Guido really gave me my first opportunity with Wadapalooza when I started as a, a member, then a coach at, at P360 CrossFit. And he, uh, yeah, he's, he's gotten back involved. He was, you know, previous owner and founder, and then he exited a, a couple years ago, but he had still been involved as sort of an ambassador. And this year we tapped him and he was more than willing, which was awesome to take on the role of, of programming. So that's been a fun process getting him back involved because he's such a creative programming mind. He has such unique ways of thinking about tests and the ways in which to he, his big thing is, for one, obviously, well, fair and well-rounded tests, putting on a show. But the big thing is he, he likes the idea, and we've talked about this extensively, exposing people's weaknesses because he thinks that's part of the fun for, for the athlete as well, like identifying areas in which maybe they're just not the best prepared that they can then sure up going into the, the, the regular season. Um, so, yeah, we, we've had quite a bit of very fun dialogue on, on ways in which to accomplish that, given the complexity of Wadapalooza, which he's no stranger to, right? Multiple stages, so many athletes doing – similar types of events uh, across the three days. It's definitely an animal in its own right, just this, putting the schedule together uh, with, with how many athletes there are and how many uh, only how many hours we have in the day, which are not a ton. But he's done a, a tremendous job, and all those workouts are going to – obviously, we've released one. The idea is for more to go up between today and tomorrow, and then you're going to see the rest. All are going to come out prior to Wadapalooza weekend. Oh, fun. Okay. So uh, kind of piggybacking on that, last year – it hit terrible weather on Sunday had to fight through that and still got to, to end the competition the way it would kind of intended kind of because of that. Are there any backup workout plans being put in place ahead of time this year? uh, If that occurs or is it still just best to kind of see what's happening and adapt on the fly? That's a good, a good question, Scott. Yeah, we, we do have a whole set of contingency workouts whenever there's the, in, in the case of weather. It's interesting though, because some events, the way that the schedule is structured is that some divisions are doing them on different stages, the same workout on different stages. 
And so as a result, for example, Tina Hills, that whole stage, which is small, it's only eight lanes, is undercover. So for example, if it rains, they're going to be doing the workout as prescribed. Um, but for all the other divisions, there are, again, uh, other than what's on Tina Hills, there are contingency workouts. Uh, and the thing is, though, some of it, it like last year with Sunday's weather, we, it was such a bad event, weather event that we had to literally get everyone out of the park. We had to completely pause the operation just because of fear of wind. And it was a, a relatively small period of time to get everything dried off and ready to go. Um, it just took a quite a lift on our side. And we had a lot of learnings from that experience too, having to push pause. We had to look, I mean, I'll tell you, I was like extensively involved with the schedule myself of trying to make this puzzle piece fit to make sure that every single team and individual got to do at least one workout on Friday. That means they did five total throughout the weekend. Um, and we got a lot of good feedback. I was going to say criticism, constructive criticism, if you will, on, on how to handle that for the future. And we're coming in much more prepared than even last year in terms of our channels of communication back to the athletes and the spectators and a, and a plan of attack for if we do need to commit to a, um, a contingency, how we're going to go about doing that. The challenge that I'm sure that the games been faced, we've been faced with is, for example, let's say on base side, we have five heats of the same division. Let's say it's elite, just hypothetically. The first two do it as prescribed, but then weather kicks in on the 30. Mm -hmm. So just another level of complexity here is, well, we can't have them do a different type of event unless it's a different gender. So it's just trying to weigh the pros and cons of when to activate some of those weather plans, when to just let it ride, when not to. Safety is at the forefront of our minds there. Um, so yeah, but for, as far as weather's concerned, knocking on wood, I'm be a believer that this year there's going to be no rain for the first year in like 10 years of Wadapalooza. January is historically not a rainy month in Miami. I don't know why it's, it's, it really isn't. It's like on the lower end of, if you look at historically over the 12 months, uh, but we tend to just always get whacked with a little, a little, at least a little rainstorm, but I'm, I'm hopeful it won't happen this year. So help me make that reality, please. <laughs> it's funny you say that because we hold the Memorial golf tournament here in Columbus uh, every Memorial day. And it, it is like a magnet for the big thunderstorm of the year, <laughs> you know, and it's, and it's not, like the end of May is not when we get rainy season in the Midwest. It's just for some reason that event is cursed with a rainstorm every year. No, we got to change dates. We got to move it back. I, I'm, I'm wondering the same about, I feel like Waz is the exact same. It's, it's clear, 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 clear. And then there's just, you see in the forecast down the line that, you know, the, the, the thunderstorm emoji and then it ends up coming just a little one. Um, but yeah, we're, we're prepared. We're more than prepared. And uh, yeah, I mean, like there's things like, again, rope climbs, you mentioned cat, if, it's raining and those ropes are up on baseline and those things get wet. We're pretty much, we can't do them. So we've got some, some good movements in place that, that Guido has helped us put uh, into action that we'll be fine. Yeah, we'll be good. Well, I'm super excited about Wadapalooza, but I do want to talk a little bit about, and you bring up Guido kind of your origin story. Um, because where I first met you was as an MC back in the old regional days, mm -hmm. but I read a story on the CrossFit journal about how you used to have a fear of public speaking. I still do. I still do. I said that, that, that continues to this day. I don't, uh, I don't thrive in, in an environment of public speaking. I think calls like this are different. I feel like I'm just talking to a couple of friends, but, uh, but, but yeah, getting in front of people on the microphone as I'm sure most people's fear, they just go blank. They start to get nervous. And then from there, their, their minds blank when they are trying to find the right words. Cause they're, Oh man, this is nerve wracking. You can't focus on what, on what you want to say. So I don't enjoy that necessarily. And maybe it's more, I don't enjoy the thought of doing it. And then once I do it, it's like kind of overcoming any sort of adversity on the backside. If you, if I felt like I did a good job, then I'm, I, I feel good about it. But every single time, even every single event to this day that I am see the first heat or the first opening ceremonies, if I have to lead something, I've got jitters. Um, and I feel like I almost have to like ease into it. That's that, that tends to be the case. So yeah, that, that still stands true to this day. And I read that Guido used emceeing at Wadapalooza as a way to help you with coaching and speaking in front of a class. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if, if it was mainly because I don't know why, maybe he thought I was good at coaching. I think the order was more, I was a, a student at the university of Miami and I met Noah in the, in the dorms, uh, Noah, Noah was another uh, art. We were both resident assistants in the dorms. We were basically like the, the police officer on the floor. Honestly, I feel like people probably did. I was trying to be the cool one. Noah tried to be the cool one as well, but ultimately we had to do our jobs and, and, you know, that's an exchange for like room and board and, and meals. So it, it was, a, it was a nice trade. Could you guys be any more wholesome? 
it sounds way be- way more wholesome than we probably really were. I feel like it's deceptive. Um, so me and Noah met. Well, and you've told me the story. So there, there is, there's an unwholesomeness part and where Alice Scuds comes into it. Yeah, I don't know you, if I want to give You can choose Noah. to tell that or not. I don't believe it. Uh, well, so th- just to give you the, the lowdown, I'll give you like the, the the elevator version. So Noah and I met him in the dorms. We were both like the only two that were into fitness that were working within our building uh, as as RAs. There's probably 12 of us. And then me and Noah instantly connected because he was into CrossFit at the time. And I was into like P90X and just doing traditional bodybuilding stuff. And he was like, oh, dude, you got to come try it. We became close friends. Hey, come try this thing at, 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 at P360. Me and one other guy that was an RA too, we all went. And I remember the first workout being Ava. So like talk about like a disastrous first where there's five rounds, an 800 meter run, 30 pull-ups and 30 kettlebell swings. My hands were shredded, um, but I fell in love. I still remember that as my first workout. Um, and so met with Guido shortly thereafter. And uh, and Guido was like, hey, dude, I, mean, I was a, a broke college kid, right? Like I was getting my room and board paid for. Uh, but but Guido basically said, hey, if you take out the trash and do a couple things and like spruce up the bathrooms, like you can have a free membership. So that's how it slowly turned into me being a coach there. But as far as Noah's concerned, yeah, this is like super ironic. But so I fell in love with 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 CrossFit through Noah. Six months into our year, Noah actually left uh, being an RA without going too much into detail on that. He just was focused more on competing and he was getting really good. And so they hired in his place, Allison Scuds as the RA. So me and Allison became friends. It's like Allison filled the void of Noah. So we became really close. And, uh, and then I introduced Allison to CrossFit from, from that. Um, but but it, during that same time, actually, Noah and I, I think this is also another reason why Allison got into CrossFit is that we founded the, the Canes, the UN, their, their uh, mascot is a, is a cane. So Canes CrossFit Club. And it was basically a way to subsidize memberships for college students. And the gym was really close to the University of Miami campus. So um, it was a really cool thing. And it still exists to this day. And that was like, I don't know, 10 years ago, nine years ago. Um, so fast forward from there, knowing me continued to be friends. I was still into competing and you know went to regionals in 2014. But my role from basically going from coach at peak, Guido called me up. I remember I was just about to coach class and goes, Hey Dylan, uh, you know, I'm here with, with Steve. That was his partner at the time and on our wives. And we're just trying to find roles for everybody. The first was I was just a judge. Um, and then this was going into year two. So this was 2012 or 2013. And he goes, Hey, we we need another MC for one of the stages. At this point, we're like three months away from Wadapalooza. So me being a a terrified public speaker, my mind was on the class. I was about to coach like, sure, man, wherever you need me. Sounds good. And as that started to, the class happened and the next couple of weeks started to unfold, I started to realize what am I getting myself into? I have no idea. I've never done it before. I've heard Guido and, and, and some of the other MCs on the mic, which were just like Guido's buddies at the time. But so I got out there and apparently I did a pretty good job that year because I remember getting a lot of compliments and I thought they were just, everyone's being nice, you know, like, Oh yeah, Dylan, you did a great job. Um, and one of the other MCs, Lou Calcagno, who was another good friend and another guy that I consider a mentor. He, uh, he was close with, with Johnny Mack and another guy that was working beneath Johnny Mac at the re- at the Southeast regionals. And they had asked him, Hey, we need a backup MC. If you're, if you're down to do it to so Lou, and Lou called me and said, Hey dude, I'm down to get in there, but I'm going to recommend you if you want to come as well. And so I was going to go team on team peak that year. And I, we, we'd qualified, the team was going and I forewent my spot that year. That was 2013. And I went and volunteered as an MC at the games at, at, at uh, regionals. Excuse me. I remember being out on the floor and uh, it was me and Larry Moss where I met Larry for the first time. What a, what another great dude in the space that's, that's helped me immensely grow from my my starting point as a as a volunteer MC. But I remember being out there. I remember I, I specifically remember the workout too. It was the the thirty burpee ring muscle ups, and uh, and I I have a, some volunteer that comes up to me mid heat like I'm talking about oh and look at the 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 compliment of the the overhead squat to the burpee ring muscle ups and they say hey. Uh, that guy over there wants to talk to you, tap me on the shoulder. And I'm like, I'm in the middle of the heat. He's like, no, no, he needs you now. And I look over and it's Dave Castro. And I'm like, Oh no, what did I do? So I'm, I don't know what he wants. I thought maybe he was going to compliment me. I have no idea. But so I go over and he goes, Hey dude, uh, can you not talk about the movements the way you're talking about them? Like just, just tell who's in first, second or third. I'm like just a little at that time, I'm like a 19 or 20 year old kid. I'm like, yes, sir. And I <laughs> got back out there and did my thing. Um, so the weekend goes by fun as heck weekend. Um, but as I'm leaving Johnny Mac, as I'm saying goodbye on Sunday at the end of the day, I had to drive back to Miami that night. Cause I was still in RA in the dorms, gave him a high five and a hug. And he goes, Hey, I just want to let you know, 
you know, Justin Berg asked for your number. Um, I, I don't know for what, like, I wouldn't get your hopes too high, but just want to give you a heads up. He asked for it. I don't know what it's for. Like, okay, great. So of course, like I'm driving back from West Palm beach and I got my phone on my lap and I'm checking it every two seconds. I'm like, all right, at some point, like an hour into the drive, it's like a, a two and a half hour drive. I'm like Dylan, you, you can't expect a call within like an hour of Justin asking for your number, drive it back, like get your mind straight. So I started to whatever, relax. And then I hear as I'm driving back and I'm like, no, this can't be Justin. This random number. Hello, this is Dylan, and it's it's Justin Berg, and he's he's asking me from that first weekend of regionals if hey, are you interested in continuing to MC for regionals? And I'm like, sure, like uh, for next year, great. No, he's like, no, no, I need you for next weekend. And I'm like, uh, let me see. So essentially, fast forward, I ended up doing all four weekends of regionals with Larry, with Kiki, and all those folks. And then that year, I was MCing the games, like just from that that first regionals event, and uh, just like a wild ride to then have been able to do the games pretty much since then. I had a couple of years off in between when I was doing stuff with, with loud and live over the games weekend. Uh, but yeah, that, that really from there, I became for Wadapalooza the following year, the media director. And then I got more involved in like competition operations. And then I became essentially the only full-time employee underneath Guido. And then we, uh, Wadapalooza was sold to loud and live. They acquired it. Uh, we, we partnered up. Guido ultimately exited and now, we operate the event out of out of Loud and Live as, a, as as one of their premier events. They put on a, a ton of events. They have an entertainment division, concerts and tours, and, and I'm I'm part of that that team. Very lucky to be part of that team. I have one clarifying question about that, and that is, were you ever a part of the agency side of Loud and Live, and Matt O'Keefe? Um, you're nodding. Yeah, yeah. So I I am I I was and uh, and I am and I am now. So. You know, I think that the only thing that's really changed with Matt's departure is um, is that he's pretty much now they're managing the athletes outside of Loud and Live, the athlete management portion of the business. But when Matt came on board, that's that's part of what excited me about his entry was that we were going to do more than just produce a, a single Wadapalooza, right? We then expanded into putting together a whole series of events with, you know, Granite Games we then acquired, um, producing the the Madrid Championship, which is still part of, of, of Loud and Live's umbrella of events. We had the Mayan Classic that we had announced before covid um, and then West Coast Classic. So that was the events portion. And then we obviously managed the athletes, which was really great as well. And then the third piece was doing marketing services for brands. And we still do that to a, to a large extent. A lot of the brands, let me rephrase, not a lot, but a good number. There's a good, there's, there's probably somewhere between five and 10 of the brands that activate onsite at Wadapalooza that are coming to exhibit that we actually produce their activation for them. Um, so that that's part of under under my umbrella as well with uh with, with our team on the marketing services side that help execute that. What was your major in college? Um, it was a double major, so it was uh, exercise physiology and sports administration. So it's a weird turn of events. The coaching it made sense, right? And and uh, and it was what I was most passionate about. But the sports administration, I'll tell you, I, I don't know from a major perspective. I, I guess I expected to learn more about sports business. It's very like high. I don't know. What did you guys study in school? History. History. Business. Political science. Okay. Do you feel like you use those two? I mean, I feel like business, Scott, with you probably, but do you think no. history, where do, where do you leverage history today, Kat? I don't. I, I'm I'm really good at Jeopardy and Trivial Pursuit. So it will come in handy when you're on Jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to go to law school and then I got sick of school. So I was just like, I'm going to graduate and, and I got a job in marketing and then that's how all this happened. You can say that again. Sick of school. <laughs> I, I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those two majors. And then yeah, it just, it, it sort of worked out for me. I feel like I, I've said this before, but I feel very fortunate. I feel like the journey that I'm on has been largely due to me meeting the right people from a networking perspective that have believed in me more than I believed in myself. And uh, like Guido being one of those, Matt O'Keefe being another, among a lot of other people that have now allowed me to, to, to move in the direction that I have, because I don't feel like my degrees necessarily speak to what I'm doing within, within uh, my professional life. Yeah, I, I agree. It's the people you surround yourself with that, you know, help build you up and get you to where you are. And that, that's so true for everyone, I think. I agree. You know, it's it's funny because of our first five celebrity interviews that we did, one of them was Matt O'Keefe and one of them was Larry Moss. Mm. And honestly, Matt O'Keefe, the Matt O'Keefe interview got us so many more because it gave made us legit. Um, and I owe him so much and, you know, still friends with him today and, uh, so glad for that friendship. Yeah. Matt's a great guy. Matt's the kind of guy that wants to help lift other people up. I feel the same way about Larry. 
feel the same way about Guido. Not about what you can get from someone, but what you can do for them, what you can give to them. I think those guys personify that better than anybody. We need more women in those roles. Kristen Chandler, perfect person. Like she's she's one of those women, but I feel like there is a shortage of women who are like that in in all the spaces. You're right. I couldn't agree more. Kristen's amazing, by the way. Talk about someone that I, I consider. I've, I've talked already about a few people that I, I, I feel like are very close friends of mine. There was nobody I enjoyed working with more than, than Kristen. And, uh, and her departure to Noble was one that was well, well, well deserved because she is so talented. She may be the most talented person I know. Um, and, and yeah, so, but I agree. And I think she's going to continue to climb. She's a, she's a freaking star shooting star in my opinion. Yeah. And, and she's, she, she helps other people too. I feel, I find like a lot of women that are in positions like that, um, aren't open to other women and helping them. I've experienced that myself with, you know, women that I've tried to become like a mentee to. And so not that I have any kind of influence, but I always make sure that I reach out and become that person to, to other women that are trying to you know, get into the field because the guys are great. And I think just like male energy is, is a little easier sometimes than, than female energy to, to, to hand down and lift up. But it's just an interesting observation. It's, it's true, Kat. I think, I think the, the unfortunate part is that there's not as many women in, in positions to be able to extend their offering. Like I, I think that's, and that's an unfortunate reality as well. Like I think more people like Kristen and you, Kat, should be at the forefront of some of these organizations and things. I think there's, you know, it's easier for guys because they have more to give. Um, I don't think necessarily girls, I don't know, my perception, and again, mine is, is different than you, you talk about women lifting up women, so I can't speak necessarily to that, but I do feel like they deserve more opportunity and leadership roles. I don't think I'm speaking with any sort of like revolutionary thought there. Yeah, no, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I got deep there. Sorry. No, no <laughs> yeah, it's a good, it's a good <laughs> thought. Definitely a good thought. So one of the questions that popped up while we were talking about Loud and Live and your journey through everything was, now that CrossFit has taken over the semifinals, mm-hmm. what does that mean for Loud and Live and some of these other events? I'm hoping, and, and, and you don't have to answer this, you may not know at this point, but it, like ga- things like Granite Games, they were great before they were a semifinal. Mm-hmm. And I hope that we get to go back to those days because those were awesome events for those who didn't make the games to kind of get some exposure, get some experience under the lights. And plus it was a great community event. Yeah. It's a, it's another thing that I think we are still exploring internally loud and live as a, as an entity of how we want to proceed with some of those events like West coast classic and and granite games and, and Madrid. Um, like all systems go, we've announced dates for Madrid that, that that's going to be coming in hot and what a great kickoff to that move from what was in Ciudad Real now to Madrid. That's another event. If you guys have not been to, I recommend next year, if you need to take a Euro trip, that's the one. Um, but that aside, some of those other events for sure, like the max of the world, the, now the syndicate crown, which I wonder if Wilson's still planning on running it. He's, he's part of our team at Waza, but I haven't really been able to catch up with him. Um, we have full intention of keeping those brands alive now and in, in what way, shape or form I think, uh, remains to be seen both with Granite Games. You're right. Talk about like the big events in the U.S. If you had to name them that were not CrossFit affiliated, there was Plaza, Granite Games. Uh, and then the third one I would say is like Fittest Experiences. And, and I would also say the Mac, but I think, yeah, yeah. but I think of like the biggest, like the ones that had the most athletes and those were the three and like the most renowned in the U.S. I can't think of any others. I don't know if you guys can. No. And I, Green Beret I think Project Classic is- soon to be. Which one? The Green Beret Project Classic. That will soon to be one of the bigger ones. We're getting there. Yes. Yeah, got to get that plug in. Got to get it in. And big prize money for for the event that it is. Teams of three, Just same saying. sex, five thousand dollars for RX cash prize. That's awesome. What's the, what's the date? Uh, it is February third through the fifth. Is that going to be? Is that an indoor, outdoor? Indoor. Oh, outdoor would be crazy. I don't know. Well, yeah. it's at a it's at the Chase River Front Center in here in Wilmington. It's a giant venue. That's awesome. How many athletes are you guys expecting? Um, we're hoping for like a hundred teams. We're, we're like halfway there. Okay. Yeah. Happy to help whatever you guys need with that. I'd love to be able to provide any feedback or input, anything I can do to help, help that be even more successful. That's cool though. Coming off just before the open. So I think it's, it's perfectly positioned. Yeah. And we've got, you know, we've got like 
real sponsors too. Like, you know, Mush is going to be there. Noble's helping us out. Um, RX Smart Gears, you know, giving us equipment for one of the events and, and all that. So yeah, it's, it's going to be great. I'm looking might, forward to it. Second might, year. So we're just brand new. Well, you might've just given away what one of the implements was. Cause when I think of RX Smart Gear, I think of one thing that we're also going to have at Wadapalooza, but I won't say it here because. No, gonna... ours, ours is actually, we haven't released the workout yet, but we're going to use the, the Zeus ropes. Oh, okay. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's either the Zeus rope or the drag rope. Those are the two things that I think would be uh, creative and also yeah. painful at the same time. We're not ready for crossovers just yet. Someday. Oh yeah. I don't know. I've not been able to master them. I certainly haven't <laughs> been able to train as much as I would like this time of year. <laughs> I bet not. So one question I have for you is the, the MC seem to be a very tight knit group mm-hmm. uh, with with Mike and Larry and Kiki and you, um, is it, isn't in fact that tight knit? It is. It is. I feel bad. Cause I am one of the historically, and maybe Scott, you've already maybe experienced this, not a great leader <laughs> via text or specifically text and then email to this time of year, especially email gets stuff. I try to keep up on my email, but, but text becomes really hard. So there's do you, like, do you mute the group chat? Don't tell them, but yes. <laughs> Um, so I check in every once in a while. I like throw my little, Hey, I'm still like, I'm still live <laughs> every once in a while or add a little bit of two cents there. But yeah, we are, we have a group chat with all the MCs. And I think there's even like subgroups that even that I'm not part of, right? Like with, with the Bella, all the Waza MCs, like I'm not in those groups. I'm in the groups with Mike, Larry, actually Bill, Chase, Chris, uh, Chris G. I, I don't know if you know him. He's also part of like the, the, the central Florida MC. He, he's all a uh, crew and he's also part of Waterpalooza in a big way. So yeah, we are, we are really close. Uh, those are another two folks. Like I told you, Larry being a mentor, I consider Mike Richards, one of my closest friends. And we talk like. at least, at least once a week, we're, we're in touch with each other. Um, we've sort of become a little bit of accountability partners on, on, on fitness. And then also just, again, checking in with each other mental purposes too, right? Like, especially in, in today's world. So I'm excited as heck to see those guys. It's a little bit of a reunion for me at Wadapalooza with them, but I have the ability to just give them a high five and a hug and say, have a great weekend and then, and then run to the next thing. But, uh, but yeah, the, we definitely are a close group. We look out for each other and it, but it's not like the good old boys or good old girls club. It's not that at all. Like one of the things you'll know about us, just like you were saying before cat about there's less people, less females that are willing to, but that group there, everyone is willing to give advice to other up and coming MCs. And, and I feel personally, especially with my background as an MC of being able to give folks the opportunity to volunteer at our events in some way, shape or form as an MC. Cause that's how I got my start as a volunteer at Wazam and a volunteer at, at, uh, at regional. So um, the group is more than willing. We, we're not protective of the jobs that we have. We want to give more and more fo- uh, folks the opportunity to be able to step out and give their, their go on the mic. And uh, to this point, it's actually revealed a, a bunch of people that were previously you know, not part of that circuit. I think again, Bella Martin being one of them, she, sort of, you know, was a, was a new uh, person on the scene and, and she's thrived. She's working her ass off. She's doing great. She's doing yeah. amazing. She's putting the work and, and, and volunteering where needed and, and, and just, again, proving herself. And she's already there. She's definitely already established. It's been great to see her climb so quickly. There's something comforting, you know, because I've judged events. I've covered events. When you hear Larry, Mike, and yourself and Kiki um, and the others, I'm not trying to keep there. You're just the people I know off the top of my head. Um, when you hear those voices, it's just comforting at an event, you know, you're at, at one of the bigger events mm. and cool there, you guys are the people I want to say hi to first when I go. Yeah. Uh, Mike, Mike is one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. So yep. Larry is one of the kindest people and has some of the best stories ever. Very true. Um, it's just, after Mayhem Classic, I met Larry Moss. That's where I met him at at the after party. And uh, he's been one of my best friends ever since. Yeah, what good people. That's the one thing I wish, you know, the difference between me and those, those folks is that they are so social in between events. And then at the end of the weekend, I'm like, you, you almost never catch me at an after party. I, I leave it all on the competition floor figuratively and literally. So I'm dead. So people probably look at me and they're like, Dylan, like he's not, it doesn't seem like a friendly guy. I just am so beat up at the end of those weekends. I don't know how they do it. Like, I don't know how Mike has the the ability to be, you know, comedic relief at the end of that long freaking weekend where he's on his feet talking into the microphone all day. And then Larry's stories, I just don't know. How, I don't know how any of them do it, uh, but it's why I love them and why I think we get along so well is that we're kind of opposites in that way. 
but you are so genuine during the event. Like you come back to the volunteer break room and say hi to everybody. Like, and that's important. Like, I don't think people realize like volunteers need that little, it's a tough weekend for them. Every little bit like that is huge for them. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks Scott. Yeah. I think it's an important, I think I have a unique perspective on some of that because of my background with like event organization, because I do know, yeah, I've been, I've been on the other side as a volunteer. Those little interactions are huge and it's so easy over the course of the weekend. You go from being fresh day one. Hey, everybody's so happy and peppy. That energy, because it's a long weekend, whether it be, you know, where I saw you last at Masters Fitness Collective, like the, the energy starts to wane because the, the weekend gets long for everybody, early mornings, late nights. Um, so yeah, I think somebody's got to lead the charge and someone's got to try to be that person as many of us that can. It's infectious. Um, so I try, I try my best. I'm not always perfect at it, that I can tell you. So I try. Yeah. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, that means a lot. I appreciate it though, for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank All right. You. We got, we got to wrap this. Yep. Last question for me is <laughs> what are you most looking forward to this year at Wadapalooza? Hmm. There's a lot. There's a lot. Um, I think the biggest thing is that, you know, you said, Hey, this is the first year that you're at the helm. And I, I clarified that, you know, I'm not necessarily at the helm. This is a team effort. And I, I want to continue to give the team that we have as much credit because they're the ones in, in the weeds and the trenches getting this thing going. Um, but what I would say that I'm most looking forward to is in spite of a lot of the change that we've experienced, Matt was a great leader. We haven't had him, uh, in the planning process this year. We've, we're working with a new production company. We've made a lot of changes all with community at the forefront. So in our mantra, we celebrate fitness community and life. The middle one is community, but I think over the last several years, we sort of lost focus as that being as the, at the forefront and the most important point. So all of our decisions over the course of the last 10, 11 months leading us to this upcoming weekend is the, is, is them, is that group, athletes, volunteers, and spectators. And how can we enhance the experience? And I'm just excited to see all of that come to life because I really believe that we made the changes necessary that are all going to be revealed here in a couple of weeks um, that speak to making sure that they leave there feeling appreciated and like their experience was at the forefront of our minds. So I know that's a very general uh, explanation. I think you guys will understand it once you're out there, but we definitely made that our focus and that's what I'm looking forward to most. Yeah. If you, again, we said this off the top, if you have never been to Wadapalooza, it is a must go, must see. You have to be there. You have to experience it. There's nothing else like it in the CrossFit space. Thanks Scott. I'm yeah. so excited. And you're both in. I'm getting you guys signed up for the gauntlet. There's no yep. backing out. You, the world has seen it. It's We're done it. <laughs> yeah. Everybody just send me the videos of my bloopers after it's over so we can make it a video uh, and get it up on YouTube. Oh, Perfect. Man. You guys are going to do fine. Both of you are going to crush it. I'm excited. You're going to crush it. Dylan. And we can't wait for you. We're so happy. Yeah. Can't wait to see you, Dylan, too. So with that, Thank you so much for jumping on with us and we'll see you in what 11 days. Can't come soon enough. <laughs> Something like that. All right. Bye guys.